You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm joined by the awesome Olivia Heyman. Hi, everyone. We are so glad to be talking today about type twos, the givers, the helpers, and all things wonderful. We love you twos. We give you a shout out right now. We know you've been waiting in anticipation for this episode, so we want to give you a good one. Yes, this one is going to be a ton of fun because in our other episode that we have coming up, we are actually talking a lot about twos. So, And it's not necessarily related to just twos, but Mm -hmm. that we have a large part of you guys are twos that are following the E&M account. So that's something that you guys need to listen to the next episode also because there's a lot of you out there and we want you to know you're in good company. You guys are so loving. And when we think of our twos, we think of heart of love. We think of people in the feelings triad. Sometimes that's called the shame triad because they're also struggling with shame. And it's sometimes also called the heart triad because these people often feel and sense things from the heart first. So of course, we're loving you guys. How could we not? And we want to help you not to feel as much shame. So we're going to help you understand how to incorporate thoughts and how to do some good body work. I know you guys are usually good at doing, but we also want to just help you guys in your marriage to really thrive. So we're going to go over how you are with each type, and we're going to also make sure to talk about subtypes today. So there's just a lot going on. But first, I want to say that twos are in the compliance stance. So often they want to be agreeable with other people, and that's a really great trait for them to have. It's a really wonderful thing to say, how can we get along and how can I give and do for you when I too have needs? But often a two doesn't have a sense for their own needs. So they're thinking first about others, which is a really cool biblical premise, except that I think that when Jesus said, love others as you love yourself, I really think he was speaking to an audience that he was knowing very well did also love themselves well. And so that's a real key for twos is to know most people are trying to have some love towards self. And I know a two wants this too, but the the key comes in for balancing and knowing that you're worthy of love. And so you're not just worthy of love, but you're worthy of understanding that you love others as you love yourself so that you don't demand or manipulate that love from others. I think that's really key for twos to take in today is that when they know how to love themselves and set boundaries, it really gives people a bit of a map as to how to love their two in their life versus us trying to force that on others. And what I think is so interesting about twos is you can see a really incredible healthy two that is perfectly balanced in loving others, but also being able to speak up when they need them something met or, you know, something along those lines. And then Mm -hmm. you can also see a very unhealthy too that is manipulative and kind of conniving and doing anything they can to get their way. And so it's really fascinating to see such a spectrum of Mm -hmm. one type where they can be incredible and the most amazing partner and friend and, you know, mother. And then you can also see someone who is in desperate need of help who really is just crying out for attention. So Mm -hmm. it's very interesting to see such a I guess, range of emotions. It really is. And I've said it before on this show, but I've always had a sense that twos might be closest to the biblical Eve. And even today I was rereading the story and I noticed that it was the word helper was used. And I was like, oh my goodness, no wonder I always, probably a lot of people do that as we think of Eve as this quintessential two. And yet we also hear that 
Lucifer struggled with the sin of pride, and we know twos sometimes struggle with that. So we have, like Olivia said, this interesting dichotomy that we have to pay attention to with twos. And we can go into wings a little bit today, as I said, with the two wing one versus the two wing three. But I also want to let you guys know first that the subtypes of two or any type, as Beatrice Chestnut teaches, and she's an amazing subtype teacher that I've loved her book. Um, and she has more than one book, but I, I really love her book where she goes over each subtype. She really talks about how subtype gives us even a bit more of a differentiation from what Olivia is talking about, because the self-preserving two is different from the intimate two, is different from the social two. What would you say the really healthy um, put together is, you know, at like the the top three tiers of the health kind of chart, I guess you could call it from the Enneagram Institute. What would you say their subtype probably is? Because I know we talked about sometimes subtypes changing in different seasons of life. So mm-hmm. what would the really healthy two look like and what would the really unhealthy two look like for subtypes? I think that a two at large looks like I am showing my love, I'm gracious, I'm giving, I'm recognizing. This has been key for a lot of my more mature twos that I've worked with that they say, I'm recognizing that I only do what is mine to do. And I'm also recognizing that others don't work just like me. So this expectation of give and take, whatever subtype you are, is a really key factor in you growing with your friendships and in your marriage as a two, because a lot of the times twos are like, but I'm giving, 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 and I'm not getting, getting, getting. And also even in conversations, they're like, I'm putting out all these questions and caring comments and others don't necessarily give that back. And when I'm able to say to them, Others are giving out of their giftedness, and it may be very different from yours. It may be a one who's extremely detailed and fine-tuned. It may be somebody who's an eight and very protective. And I know two and eight have some very similar qualities, so that's not the best example. But the best example is for the twos to think about the other people in their lives and think, what types are they? What gifts do they have? And therefore, I'm going to let go of my expectations that they would give in exactly the same ways as I'm giving. And I would start looking at them as a full person and saying, wow, even if they don't share my type or subtype or have that wonderful two energy we all know is so beautiful that perhaps I will stop judging them, especially if you lean to two towards a two with a one wing, and perhaps I can start loving them better. So a really healthy two is a giver, knows how to get self-care, and also understands that they have worth, that they are made well, even if they have flaws, we all have flaws, and that they do some healthy self-talk when those shameful feelings erupt. They resist manipulation, and they really work hard to give to others and themselves. But particularly, you were asking about subtypes. So a self-preservation too, what happens is they have a more childlike innocence about them because this is their way to say, will others please give to me? So I already give, but I really want to feel safe. I feel safest by preserving myself. So I'm going to try to be childlike and sweet so that others will give to me. And when they come out of that trance of the self-preservation and they start balancing out with the others, they look like somebody who has decided to be an adult who has said, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to just do my own work. And if others don't give in the same way, that's okay because I can take care of myself really well and I can also find some of my validation with others. And that's something that I'm always tossing back and forth. Is it okay that we find worth in others? Because I know I was just talking to a 
beautifully gifted two friend yesterday and she said she's a really big uh, trauma person who's got a lot of influence in the adoption community and does a lot of teaching with the adoption community and she is really reminding me all the time you know when we don't have connection we have a failure to thrive so you know there is a huge place of needing to find that others love us and twos bring us that reminder but then there's also a sense of codependency and that's one of the people who won our podcast contest wanted us to just kind of go over when when that self-preserving two or any of these subtypes become codependent what does that look like how can we get out of that and the answer to that i think is on the flip side of knowing that you have everything you need to get your needs met as well because you're not a child anymore that if you're abandoned, you're going to completely wilt because you can go ahead and find and form new community, new bond um, with people who aren't abusive. You can find connections and you can also do your own thing, build your own endorphins, you know, find out with your doctor where you're lacking vitamins or hormonal issues. There's a sense of finding purpose in your work. And I I just want to, the thought triad person in me wants to join the ranks of the attachment people and say, let's blend this for something really beautiful. Yeah, there's so much to be said for someone who can equally be independent and dependent depending on the situation. Mm. There's there's a lot of balance that comes in, but when you can be harmonious in both, it is just amazing. Mm, absolutely. I think we've talked so much about balance on this podcast, and that's been a huge key focus for us. So that's a beautiful reminder, Olivia. The social too loves to gain approval from others through being powerful or competent and influential. And I don't think we often think of twos as that. We think of that as eight, but what we're reminding you guys of is that two has a connection to eight and it's a pretty strong one because two is when their stress go to eight and we live a lot in our stress points. It's not a bad thing either. We need some stress each day just to be able to function. So it's something that you might be surprised with is to know you can be a two and in leadership and there are some that are so compliant that they're fine with, hey, I'm compliant, I'm agreeable, but that they can also hold that intention with, I'm a great leader. You know, I have two friends that are, like I said, the one I just mentioned is a great leader. And yet she's also a helper and she's also a mother and she doesn't have to be in the lead all the time. And that's something about it too. And others that we know are leaders in the teaching field or the hospital field. I'm sure you know people that are twos that love children and animals. That's kind of the classic two, right? Yes. Oh my goodness. Both of the twos that I know offhand one works at uh, a vet clinic and the other one is a nanny. So I think that's very funny that <laughs> you yes. literally named the two. <laughs> it is so fun to know that about your two people. You're just like, I love you. You are so caring. And yeah, I mean, I once said it to a client. It was such a funny conversation. I'm like, well, you know, you might be part of the Humane Society, for instance, when I was trying to help her differentiate the different types. And she goes, I'm the president. And oh, it was no, so she's cute. Not. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, hey, let's see if that's, Aww, it was pretty much a sure thing cute. at that point. But <laughs> there are other other types. I know a lot of nines who are super, if, if that's their right point of action and twos and nines, we have that trouble with just differentiating the two, then they can also be animal people hugely. But but those social twos, don't let that fool you. If you think you're a two and you think your core motivation truly is a heart of love and questioning just your worth, then you know that you are a two. You don't have to look at 
saying, okay, every little possible innuendo fits. It's really about those core gifts and those core struggles. And then the one-to-one twos, the intimate twos are really loving to just, you know, bring that promise of fun to their friends. They're very generous, but they expect a lot back sometimes. And they're more emotional and passionate, as you can imagine, because they love that one-to-one intimate relationship. And they would maybe more seduce a particular individual is how Beatrice Chestnut says it. They're, they're people who who really, they they find their people that they want to connect with in life, and then they go after them. And you have to be careful that you don't go after them in manipulative ways. So as we're crawling up the levels of health, like you asked, it's really important that if this is you, that you really pay attention to the nonverbals of the people you're trying to lovingly seduce. It doesn't have to be a sexual seduction, but just using your two gift to exude uh, feelings, to exude good chemistry. Sometimes you have to sense, is that welcomed back? Does that person want this with me? Or am I trying to pick up on something that may not even be here? So I think that's a really important point that as we look at the subtypes, you're just mindful of others. I say that especially to twos because when I talk about marriages with the pursuer distancer thing, twos almost always are the ones to pursue because here they're going to eight and to four. So when they're in their four mode, they're they're a little more withdrawing and they're they're very creative and they're able to say, okay, I go to four in health. So like I, I made my classroom look gorgeous or I was able to decorate our house. I mean, the twos that I know have beautiful homes. I mean, mine are just not my home is nothing like that. I, I love my home. It's beautiful, but it's not what the, the common term with teens are saying now, aesthetic. Oh, yeah. It's not aesthetically pleasing. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> right. They're always all about, it's not aesthetic. I'm like, yes. hey, you didn't make up that word. It's been around for a while. Yeah, I know. No, but it, but, but it means like something it. more intense now. Everything <laughs> yes, it does. There's Everything literally a hashtag aesthetic. on Instagram, hashtag aesthetically pleasing or hashtag aesthetic. And I'm yes. like, this is what's up. Yes, it is what's <laughs> up. And you're from the young gen. So it's It's like, you get it. And I do too, but I have that little eye roll with it where I'm like, this is cute. (laughs) Um, So I think that that's really a gift of twos. And I'm probably eye rolling a little bit because I want that gift and it's not one of mine because I love that about you twos. You really do have that gift of adding beauty to the world like the fours as well as your loving countenance. So it's a beautiful personality to have. And I really just want you to hold it well by not overpowering people with it. So in that four space of adding beauty, don't forget to take that as Olivia asked a while back and I thought it was such a great question do we ever take our good parts too far and and in this case I don't want to say too far I just want to say sometimes you take it to a great place but you forget to take it to the flip side place of allow your four to have some depth to you a lot of the twos I know and I've heard this said on other podcasts aren't necessarily spending much time thinking some people say they're thinking inhibited and because when they are thinking they're thinking about exclusively relationships so it's nice for them to take some time to say okay maybe my relationships aren't perfect maybe I can't even manipulate them into perfection but I'm still worthy and I'm going to take some time to process my feelings in an artful way And even to do that intentionally would add something. So for instance, if you're already good at design, maybe now you add in, I'm going to find a painting that really describes my angst when I'm feeling rejected. And that would be something that a two could really find some some meaning in and face it and sit with it for a bit. So I think that's a really important step for a two is to sit, think, process, even grieve, because I don't think twos necessarily do a lot of grieving if they're not mindful. 
but one too that I know who has so much wisdom, and I've mentioned her on here before, Dr. Sharon Otis, she has a great tip for twos that she wants to make sure that you guys, before your day starts, before the motor starts running, that you do your processing and your thoughtfulness, and she does her prayer time then, and that's really been a great step and a good tip for a lot of the twos I work with is that they are quiet for a while, and then once they're going, they're going. That is hilarious. I I actually know Dr. Sharon, and she is hilarious. She, she is a force. Is so she is such a riot, and I'm like, she is definitely more mature than myself, um, but <laughs> homegirl has energy for days. And what's funny is when you were talking about how, you know, twos maybe have some trouble grieving, I actually know of a two. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I'm not like friends with this person, but they actually are very into movies and dance and more like artistic photography type of mm, things. And probably great for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very like therapeutic. But I feel like this person ends up kind of using movies and dance as a way to get out some of those emotions, the deeper emotions that maybe their four part of them has. And it's interesting to see how different people process those more intense emotions like Mm. you know Mm -hmm. maybe that this is something's going on in their life and they're stressed or whatever and so they're they're doing these things to get that out but it's allowing them a lot of creativity and even just watching a movie I feel like can be very creative because you're identifying with a story you're picking up on the nuances Mm -hmm. of oh I really like how they filmed this or um, the script writing is phenomenal or something like that and Mm -hmm. I think it's a very interesting way of processing I do too. And it slows the two down a little bit yeah. to look at these dynamics they might not normally see. And I do want to comfort another podcast winner who is a two said, hey, you know, are, are any of the other twos introverted? And I do want you to know, yes, you're not alone. Absolutely not alone. Uh, this is a really important step for you to realize that maybe looking at what we talked about with the subtypes, you say, oh, well, I'm self-preserving and I've been more childlike or, you know, maybe I'm the more intimate too. So I really keep my relationships few and far between the introvert extrovert thing it doesn't have to be that you have a lot of flamboyant energy most twos that i know happen to have that and like olivia said uh, dr sharon is quite a bit older than us and yet she is absolutely just a stunning individual i think last time i saw her she was rappelling down the hyatt for (laughs) youth for christ or something and she's you know gone on jet skis with her husband to lunch all the time. And she's just hilarious. I mean, she has more energy than me. And when we were writing our book together, she was so gracious. She's so much her. And she's in the age and season where friendships are easier. And she's told me, Krista, when you get to my age, boy, friendships get easier. Like there is no drama. She's like, if someone comes in with drama, it's weird. It's an aberration. So I loved hearing that. But she's like, Krista, when are you going to be ready? You're in research mode, you know? And I was like, okay, like I did the writing because I'm comfortable there. But you know what she loved about it was our weekly meetings to do each chapter because she's a two and she had all this energy. And it's possible that I don't have as much because I'm doing a part-time private practice and I'm a mom. Right. Yeah. You've had just a little bit of stuff (laughs) going. I have a really uh, social husband, so I have a lot going on, but I'm not kidding. Sharon would thrive in that role, did thrive in that role, continues to thrive in that role, and does twice as much as me. So there's something to her two energy. She's got multiple degrees, and she, I mean, multiple, you know, they're all over on the wall. Oh my gosh. She is just hilarious. I love (laughs) that you said that because I think she's a quintessential two also, and, you know, she's also the type of person, as I know a lot of you guys that are twos can relate to, that's says, Krista, if you ever have anything to process, anything, 
I'm right here for you. And I'm just so blessed to have people like that in my life because I would really try hard not to take advantage of it, but she's there for me and that's what you twos are doing for people. And I know you would die for your people and I just love you guys and I thank you for that spirit. And I'm just trying to give you every tip I can possibly give you so that you can get the love you deserve back. And that is just by paying attention to those nonverbals, taking care of your needs, modeling self-care so that people know you're not desperate and they're not running from you, but that they're able to say, this is so attractive. She is so put together. She's thought things out probably before her day started. Now she's rolling and she's also peaceful. But I don't want you to feel like you can't tell us when you are feeling desperate because we do want you also as twos to know we're there for you too. So we're going to go through the type by type with each of the twos out there, starting with twos with ones in marriages. This is a pretty common grouping that I've seen and they work really well because they both have a lot of energy. And I think that they work well too because they have similar values most of the time. They're both very caring, especially because they have that wing together and the two with the one wing. Um, we'll talk about a little bit now too, just the fact that a two with a one wing is are people who really want to have things done well and right and with order and they have the energy to do it. So they're some of the most energetic people of all of the Enneagram and they really do come in with a heart to help and a heart to do it well with excellence. So you see that, especially teaching medical field. In a marriage, like I said, you're going to get a lot of fun together and they just need to know when the two goes to eight in stress, one doesn't always have a strong connection to eight and my husband doesn't understand eight that well. Um, he is a one and he has some three stuff, but he doesn't necessarily go to eight very closely with either of those. So I just want to caution you twos with ones that a lot of twos have told me, hey, when I lose it, I lose it. I go to eight and I just lose my temper so badly. That's hard for a one because they don't always have permission to even express their anger. So they get overwhelmed. They don't know what to do. They go very logical on you and you're left kind of reeling in your emotions. So I do want you to know that the one has access to the four more easily. And so meeting with them at emotion and, and softness is a better place to meet your one than the anger or, hey, I'm not afraid to be angry. I'm not afraid afraid to lose it on you and go crazy because the one right there is liable to check out and say, this is not okay. I have my anger comes out when I know things are wrong and I know this is wrong. That's how they experience it instinctually. Even if you're like, it's not wrong. My aid is a beautiful place. <laughs> and so, so that's a really important thing to know as a two. Two with other twos has a beautiful help or balance, but they do need to make sure that they keep order in their life, depending on their wings and their subtypes. Um, but they really also need to make sure that when their feelings rub against each other, that they, they check in with those feelings and they don't both go to eight at the same time, that there's some accountability for we're both pursuing. This could get really dangerous really quickly. And I'll say the same things to twos with fours, that when you've got two people who lean into codependency, who lean into desperation with feelings, you get a lot of difficulties and it's unrestrained difficulty. So make sure you're getting your self-care, challenging each other to get self-care with all that two energy that should not be that hard to do. And make sure if you're taking on way too many projects with two of you twos that you're saying, let's look at our calendar each week together so that we have a balance. So another pairing, like we said, we'll now talk about the two with the three wing and two with three people is there's a lot of projects going on with twos and three marriages and twos with three wings. Yeah, there's a 
a lot of projects. There's a lot of, hey, I'm out there. I'm showing off in a good way. Like I want to show the world all the good I'm doing. Um, but just make sure whether this is your your wing or your pairing with your spouse that you are doing this in a way that doesn't go to the bad place of pride. Because I think people can misinterpret that and say, this couple is always bragging. Um, they're always showing. They're always performing. Or they could say, wow, they're an amazing example of humility and grace. And wow, they're very talented out there in the world. Because the two, three combo, I've seen stunning performances by this combo. I mean, they are in sync. And when I tell couples in one of my marriage programs called Relate, um, I'm like putting a plug in. It's on Amazon. <laughs> Check it out. I'm like, may as well say that. Um, they are doing great work, but I'm always like, okay, you need to get up to 10 hours a week of time together. That's quality. And they're like, oh, you mean 20 to 30 is not okay? And I'm like, oh, no, that's awesome. <laughs> kind of like trailing <laughs> off funny. like, I admire you guys. Yeah. That's really cool. So I do want to tell those twos, threes, twos, 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 fours. Um, you guys are amazing. Let the world know it. Try to be humble about it. And also just go with your bad selves when you want lots of time together. That's beautiful. I love that. And then twos with fours, like I said, make sure that you guys try to really connect on what are your similarities, what are your morals that are shared, because a four has very strong feelings about what their morals and values are, and they're a lot like ones in that way. So it's important that two not be bowled over by them. You know, find your voice. That's super important. But make sure that you also give that four some space because they really do need to have some withdrawing time. So I want to make sure you understand they do do not want you to heal them 24-7. Sometimes they want to sit in their sorrow. Sometimes they want to have some space to just say it's not perfect. And you as a two in your desire to please may miss entirely that they really want to join with you at the shared space of four. Quick question. If we can go back to two wing threes for a minute. Mm -hmm. um, I know we talked about like the differences, but I know that threes also obviously each type brings their own, you know, good and bad into things, but um, a two-wing three in particular, what do they struggle with more so? Because I know threes tend to be um, struggling with pride or struggling with overworking, you know, just like throwing all of their energy into their work and leaving themselves to kind of clean up the mess mm -hmm. uh, in their personal lives. So um, would you say two-wing threes tend to deal with more manipulation? Would you say they tend to deal with more um, overworking themselves? What are some of those things? Both. And that's a great question. And sorry to gloss over no, no, it a no, little bit. Fine. This was one of our hot, hot points. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought it back to this. Two wing threes are definitely a force to be reckoned with also. Um, but they really are. I mean, maybe this is and you can't really type another person. And I, I don't remember Sharon telling me hers. Maybe she is one. But I will say that she's so gracious at her place in life that you just don't see the briskness of it, but I have seen it with the younger two wing three where they are really just brisk. That's a great word for it, that they're kind of like, okay, I'm working really hard. I want to be loved. I want to show you how amazing I am and how far I've come and my accomplishments and achievements, but they're doing this out of a desire to be loved and to be given back because they've been working so hard. And it's really important that they recognize that unless they're with somebody who has sort of an eight part of them or somebody who's got the same energy that most of the time that's unparalleled energy and they're not going to find that kind of reciprocity. 
So they're going to be left wondering, why aren't people meeting with me as much? Why are people not able to give back as much? And there's this hollowness to that feeling of I'm alone and nobody really loves me the way I love them. And it's very lonely and scary and hard. And I just want to say, I love you guys out there and we do love you. And we really want to give back in the ways we can, but a two wing three just has so much to give and they're very exhausted by it. So make sure if you really are a two wing three that you look to see, am I really tired? Do I need to lean more into self-preservation? Do I need to look at nonverbals even more? Do I need to look at the way I'm projecting myself on social media? Because am I scaring people off by the amount of pride that's showing in what I'm doing? So those are good questions to be asking because you have so much abundant love to give. And we're so grateful for that love. Definitely. That's so interesting because I feel like the two wing one and the two wing three have a lot of similarities. It's almost kind of difficult to tell which one is which. Yeah, it really is. And that two wing one, I was saying you see them more in, um, you know, orderly places and you see them being a little more meticulous. But really, I think that overall, and I know I'm not addressing subtypes here very well, but I think they have a quieter spirit. I think that they're just background people. They're more interested in saying, I am perfectly content making systems better, loving people. I will show you my fun pictures, but I am not out there trying to get glory. I am out there trying to just love people because it makes me feel so good and I want to see people really deeply, but they're also admitting I can be really critical. I can be really tough and um, I know that about myself. And that's what my two wing one really wise friends have told me over the years is I can be rough, but I'm getting healthier over the years. So that's really cool about every type, right? We're we're getting healthier over the years. Well, and that's what's so great about the Enneagram. It shows you where you can get healthier and it kind of gives you a very meticulous overview of what you're going to look like at different levels of health. And we're all Mm. constantly growing. So Mm -hmm. I doubt there's many people in the world that are going to be like, I'm a level one health, but Mm -hmm. you know, it does give you, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it does give you some tangible things to kind of keep yourself in check with and Mm -hmm. to give you, um, goals to work Mm -hmm. towards to better yourself. Exactly. It's such a gift to you. So I really think that a lot of people are listening and saying, okay, I really can see the difference in myself. I'm so much healthier than I used to be because of it. And I think we can say that too. So we're extra excited about it. So twos with fives are often really well-matched. And you've heard me talk about this pairing before, but they really do have a discrepancy because of the twos intensity and need for emotions and the fives, you know, in inability. I, I say that with lightness because That's a hard thing for me to say from my chair, but I've read it in a lot of Enneagram work and I've heard a lot of fives tell me this, but it's still hard for me to ever from a life coach perspective, say something like that is impossible. So I'm going to reserve that. You guys know where I'm, you know, I wish there was in the English language, a word that represented the way the five feels, but the word think comes to mind right now. So I'll use that with the two and five pairing, it's it's really imperative that the two understand that they can't force their feelings onto their five, but they can process their feelings with their five. And I think that's really the key because the five will be able to happily help you logically process some of the things we're talking about in this episode and probably has if you're a two and a five together. Um, 
But I also want you to know that the two is a very safe place for the five. So it's really cool because the five says, look, I maybe don't connect with my emotions, but you are my safe place. And sometimes the two says, I want to be everything to you. And the five says, I have such a need for research and for connections on a cerebral level. So you can't be everything to me because you connect first with feelings unless you want to be more intellectual. And even then we need more than just one person for a community. So I just think that's important for the two to take comfort in. You are your person's safe place. Make sure of this. Try to check in with your five and say, are you going to fantasy? Can I check in with you about that? How's that going for you? Because I want to be your safe place. Is there anything I can do? And most of the time this pairing is so well done anyway that their five is like, oh no, you're meeting all my needs and I'm just enjoying my research. So it's really cool to see that together. The two with the six, boy, they have so many fun connections. I know, Olivia, you've talked a little bit about twos and sixes and how sometimes they're mistaken for each other, right? Yeah. I mean, I know personally I have a two in my tri-type and I actually know a couple who is a two and six pairing and um, they actually have quite an age difference considering how how young they are. There's a four-year age gap. The um, husband is four years younger than the wife. Mm. And I thought that was very interesting. Interesting as well. He's a six. Okay. And so I think that's probably what ended up helping the situation overall Mm -hmm. because, you know, men are always a little bit more immature mentally, emotionally, depending um, than females. And so I think it was really interesting that. You know, there is like such a such an age gap for being young. I, I will say that mm. if you were older, it wouldn't even really be a big deal. But mm. um, when you're younger, I think it's a little bit more of a thing or perceived as a thing. And so I think that's really interesting to see how because sixes are so logically based and um, I think fairly well-rounded. I don't want to you know toot my own yes, horn here, right. no, but I think are. sixes tend to be very well-rounded because they have the seven and the five to draw from for their wings. Um, that I think a two and a six is the most amazing pairing. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's such a beautiful pairing because they, you're right, they represent so many things. It's like they go to seven and five and then here's the two with all these connections to feelings and to keep it safe for that six who love safety. So it's a beautiful pairing and they bring in when the two leans into their one a little bit the six feels so safe and so just like wow you are orderly and you're loving this is a beautiful thing right Mm -hmm. definitely so i love to see those two together and i don't see that many of them in my office which probably tells you that they don't need to come in that much and yeah we all need our seasons where we're like okay everyone has their seasons of stress but but it's not one that i'm seeing 24 7 or anything like that so just make sure that you are are really saying to yourselves, two is going to connect with one and the six is going to go to that place of peace. Sometimes they go to nine. And when you guys start connecting on these lighter places, I think we find, okay, you're back to fun, you know, versus the two helping everybody and the six just jumping on the bad wagon and starting to do that detailed and, you know, make sure you guys get your date nights in. That's what I want to say to the two and six. The two and the seven, I know this is a fun connection and I have such a blast with my twos out there. I also want to say the same thing I said with Sharon is, you know, make sure that you check on the energy levels because seven goes to five in health. And so the energy is in spurts with a seven, whereas it's long lasting all day for the two. So just make sure you're giving some balance to your day together as a couple where you're saying, okay, we both love and are enthusiastic about doing things, but the two could get frustrated if the seven burns out too quickly. And the two may have to do some of their things without the seven, but then the seven has FOMO. So you have to make sure you don't do the things that the seven really wants you 
you to do. And sometimes you do have to do the things that the seven really wants to do with you. Um, but sometimes that's the two's growth anyways, to say to that seven, you know what? I know you wanted to do this with me, but your energy ran out. <laughs> you didn't pace yourself very well. So I'm going to go ahead and do it and not to feel guilty and bad. Even if the seven goes to the critical one and says like, I don't want you to do this. The two should be strong and say, and there are a few good shoulds out there. And one of them is that twos really shouldn't be codependent. And so they should say, hey, you know, if I really want to do this and I am starting to feel resentful or go to my unhealthy place of four or eight here, just tell your seven, this is what I need to do right now. And your seven will be okay. Uh, they just they just test you because they're stressed. So they don't mean it out of that they don't love you. And just make sure you let them know how much you love them. And then also with this particular pairing, make sure you pay attention if you're realizing, okay, we don't have the same energy levels. Do they love me? Check in with your seven and find out, hey, are there ways you could show me that you really love me? Because I know you're fun, but lately I've been feeling like I'm doing all the giving. So please help me to know that we're a team and that you've got my back. And I know your seven will try to step up to the plate, but they may not if you're not intentional with telling them. So use your voice and keep your jealousy in check because twos do have that tendency to go to jealousy sometimes. And that could really make a seven feel very threatened and like their freedom was being hurt. And that's a scary feeling for an anxious seven. So you've got to let them know when you feel a little insecure, but also try to keep your own jealousy in check and just say, hey, I'm feeling jealous. I know that's not super healthy, but what can you do to comfort me? And I think your seven will help you and say like, oh, I love you so much. It's just people flocked me because of this or that. And here's some tips for you. So the two with the eight, the cool thing about this pairing, it's a very common pairing. And the cool thing is the two feel such permission to feel their anger with their eight. They're both go-getters with high energy. One of those unstoppable pairings, a super fun couple, probably see them in a lot of races where they're mud runs and just like so many things, political rallies, if they're lined up on the same team, you name it, these two are out there doing life together. They're both very loyal. The eight usually dominates, not in everything though, because the two has the, the ability to go to eight and meet the eight right there. But the eight usually kind of has the final word, not always, like I said, but it's a good pairing because the two enjoys helping. And um, in fact, the, one of the friends I was mentioning earlier, who's a two in one has a very healthy two eight relationship and it's so adorable the way they relate they just they have a good life together it works it just works so i want you guys to know this is a pairing that just works and be careful eights with your criticisms of twos because they're very sensitive and they don't come out of the same place as you do of having to have that final word for vulnerability twos are more vulnerable and they're more sensitive typically so make sure you tell them your stuff eight but give it uh, a way to sift. Don't just barrage them with your stress. And if you need more loyalty, a lot of eights need more loyalty. And we'll get into that as we talk about eights because they have everybody's back. They're so there for the underdogs. And then they're like, uh oh, did they have my back? I want you to know your two usually does have your back. They usually do go to eight and immediately have your back. But if they're too busy, 
just tell them. Say, you're too busy. I haven't felt you lately. Um, that's really important for the eight to do that and not go to five and stress. And then the two and nine, we know you guys often get mistaken for each other and it's really hard to tell, but sometimes you find yourself in a relationship with the other one. And I think that the beautiful part about that is you're both such givers and putting the other first as a nine. So it, it works beautifully, but you also have to be careful of just knowing that your nine can tend toward withdrawal and merging with you because twos are intuitive. They feel everybody's feelings. Nine actually merge with each other's feelings. So it can be a sticking point when you're saying, well, what do we really do? Who really leads here? And just remember, both of you have been given a gift of leadership by God. And so both of you take some time to say, here's what's more important to me. Here's what's more important to you. Let's try to have a, a give and a take. Let's try to even then other types not having to do this as much. With this group, maybe even saying, hey, we really know that we'll be overly giving to one another. So I've done this before with twos and nines where you say, on Monday night, we do what I want to do. On Tuesday night, we do what I want to do. And you just literally flip the coin back and forth, back and forth. So that way there's nobody who's always left out. Because I've seen the two say, I don't care because I just want to be with you. And I've seen the nine say, well, I really don't care because I just love you. But then, you know, you see the nine getting privately angry and you see the two getting publicly angry. <laughs> and so it's just, it can be a bit of a crazy storm that you wouldn't expect from a two and a nine if you're not careful about saying we both need our voices to be heard and we're both important and the nine not to withdraw from their two and the two to not barrage their nine please know your nine is sensitive and doesn't like conflict so when you say hey i go to eight and stress and i can go a little wild they really need to know that you're safe they need to know that you're going to be as peaceful as possible because that's such a huge core value for your nine i was even surprised by that the other day when my daughter told me hey we've had a lot of conflict around here lately and i was shocked i hadn't felt almost any of course, that sounds so seven, but I was like, what? Like, but it really endeared me to her because I was like, you are so beautiful and sensitive. And I'm so happy when a nine really gets that and says, hey, I can feel what's brewing. I can tell when the family is off. And um, I think that's really a cool gift because it gives the rest of us a sense of, wow, what do I need to look at a little deeper? So let your nine kind of guide you to if you're busy like me and just doing, let them kind of still you and bring you to a place of peace again, but also respect they don't need constant conflict. And constant conflict looks different for different people. Yeah, she's like a little... Uh like a little conflict radar. She's like, yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Nope, something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. And she's a mold detector too. When we had that several years ago, her body reacted in hives. And so she's proud of that. She's like, I'm like a detector of all things. That is hilarious. <laughs> she finds everything too. So we'll talk about that on our nine episode, whether others of you nines out there have a really good memory or a niche for finding things. But, but you twos, man, you guys are just beautiful people. So I'm so glad we've been able to just cover a lot of bases with you guys today. Thank Thanks for being you. Yes, absolutely. We love our twos and we're so glad that a large portion of the ENM audience is twos because you guys are loyal and amazing. Yes, thank you guys. We'll see you soon. Bye.